Hello everybody, how's it going? And welcome back to an exclusive early access Patreon, but also on YouTube, Kill Connor Clubhouse spoiler cast episode for God of War. Uh, hello, my name is James, and I'm joined, as always, by Tyler. As always, how are you, my friend? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, mate, very good. <laughs> Definitely haven't been talking to you for the last couple of hours, recording other podcasts and things. No, no. So this is, this is just the start of us talking. Yep. That was a good intro, by the way. You, you almost half fumbled your words, but you really picked it up and saved yourself. Really? I, like I thought I said, like, a bunch of jargon, and I, like, it was just yeah. a, lot of, it was a lot of shit. <laughs> I haven't heard the word jargon since I was in high school. I love it. Yeah, I, I, yeah people don't use that normally. I really, people yeah. should use it more. It's good. Um, yeah, okay. Cool. Well, this podcast uh, is God of War Spoilercast, as James said. So that means if you haven't finished God of War... Get back on your PlayStation 4 and finish it before you listen to this podcast. And if you think to yourself, I'm not going to play God of War. I just want to listen and hear what their thoughts are on the game. You're wrong. Buy a PlayStation 4, or if you have a PlayStation 4 already, buy God of War and play the fucking game. Don't listen to this. This game is worth your time. This game is worth your money. Fucking do it. Don't listen to this until you finish God of War. No exceptions. Do it. Yeah, five, four, three, two, one. Atreus is Loki. Sorry, James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best way of doing it. If anyone was trying to fucking like chance it and they were like, oh, let's see how far I can get into it before I find spoilers, they're fucked. Yeah. You were warned. <laughs> we didn't say we were starting from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. We just said this is a spoiler cast. You better finish what you got a war. <laughs> I made that up on the spot. I was thinking to myself, what can I say? I'm like, that's it, I guess. That's the only... Oh, God. Fuck, I'm funny, James. I'm so funny. Did we read the names of the Infinity War support cast? Are we supposed to do that? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Okay, yeah, I guess we do. Yeah, Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is an extra episode of Kill Connor Clubhouse, which is usually exclusive here on patreon.com slash as always, but also it's just early access, 24 hours, so it's free for the public as well. As of Tuesday, it's the same with the Infinity War podcast last week, so we're doing extra podcasts for the beautiful people. So to thank a few of those sweet vintage lads over at patreon.com slash as always that make these extra podcasts happen, we have King Richard the Third, Ballsack 47, T-Man or Travis, Billy, the Team Tynamai Captain Robertson, Josh Devlier, Damien, Mario 5380, Lumistrad, Josh Jordan, Ben or Modorox, the Humble Worm, El Starco 91, Emil Catborg, Austin, S. Jaws, G'day, it's Laser, Prudvy Mover, Shaded Rav, Julie, Adam Sundling, HBars12, Saggy Tits, Jace, The Last Medici, Jonah Stewart, James and Ladd, Yazen, Joe the Sexy Boy Smith, Brian Ford, Connor DeRose, Ginger Nut Jared, Big Up Longhead, Fox George Walford, and Fox and Ladd, Joshua Mora, Gene, Marcus Blackburn, Nimbus, Seth, Oscar, Rav, Jai, Son of a Bitch, OG Doggo, Tyler Tranter, Brendan, or Biku Overlord, and Pink Flame. 313. Thank you, Sweet Vintage Lad, for helping me out the podcast. Now, let's get into this. God of All War. Right. James, you finished it. I finished it. Mm-hmm. From what we were talking about before this game came out, with all the reviews, we've been hearing the hype. What's your overall thoughts on God of War on PlayStation 4? Well, I mean, I think, I mean, I knew. Sit for you. Where does it sit for you in games of all time? Oh, it's my favorite game of all time and it's which three it's better than that it's yeah it's oh, i beat the witcher 3 and i know i'm right because george agreed with me as well that it's beat the witcher 3 and dethroned it oh. it's because there's something about it it's 
it's a more personal experience. And even though it's smaller than The Witcher 3, it's shorter than The Witcher 3. Like, you can play The Witcher 3 and get, like, hundreds of hours out of it. Same as you can with something like Skyrim. But what you can't get is the same experience, the same sort of emotions, the same... I don't know, there's something about God of War that... It's... it's the, the way that they do everything is, like... The, the, it's not open world, but it's not completely linear either. It's like this mix of the two, but you get that sort of really, really polished The Last of Us experience or or um, the best of both worlds Uncharted sort of experience. But the game is it kind of is open world. Like it's a, it is a big world. There's a lot of places you can explore. You got all those realms you can explore, but it's so fucking polished like there's so much detail with the the constant camera shot there's never a loading screen i mean there there kind of is but like they you don't notice that it's loading it's like when you're in the realm room obviously that's would be a loading screen but it's not the same as like the fast travel thing but they do it in such a way where it's like not a loading screen so like yeah. it's always this <laughs> continuous camera shot you're always playing the game there's it's just it's just this fantastic fucking experience and i think that in the first 10 minutes of playing the game i hadn't experienced you know and i couldn't put on it oh yeah this is a 10 out of 10 game and this is my favorite game but like i got it like if the whole game continued like that the way the first 10 minutes were the way it opened up with the soundtrack and the acting and the 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 camera movements and the way the game looked and everything just the way it was for those first 10 minutes of the game setting everything up i was like i completely get why this game has the reviews it does this is definitely a super special game and i obviously wasn't wrong it's fucking it just gets better and better and better and better and better um just such a fucking great experience i loved it from start to finish it's great yeah i feel the exact same way i feel the exact same way it's uh it's hard to describe as an experience, mm-hmm. it's unique and also at the same time revolutionary and also at the same time familiar. It has mm-hmm. the best of, of all the aspects of gaming that it tries to tackle. It has the best aspect, best aspects of open world. It has the best aspects of like a linear, cl- enclosed sort of personal storyline. It does the best with what it has with characters. It just... And it does the best with pacing, not just pacing in terms of story pacing, which is hugely important in games, mm-hmm. but pacing in terms of what gameplay it gives you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give you everything on a silver platter in the first five minutes of you start of the game. You earn every aspect of gameplay that the game gives you. It keeps the game fresh from start to finish. It makes the game feel rewarding, mm-hmm. and it makes you feel like your progression means something. On top of the story being incredible, yet so simple all at the same time. Mm. It really is just a once-in-a-generation experience. Is it the greatest game I've ever played? Maybe. Maybe. It, it very well might be. Mm-hmm. In in a lot of ways, it is by far the best game I've ever played, for sure. Uh, not every game's the same. So when I compare it to like a Skyrim, Red Dead Redemption, you know, my uh, Kingdom Hearts 1, my other top three games of all time, it has things that it does way better than all of those games, right? But maybe Skyrim has this that I think is the best, or Kingdom Hearts has this that I think is the best. Like, they all have elements I think is the best of what they sort of do. Mm-hmm. But God of War certainly in the discussion of one of the best games, if not number one, the best game I've ever played. For sure. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, it just is. Yeah. And it's because of the writing of the story. It's because of the direction it took the gameplay, the combat, the world itself, the reward it sort of gives you, and the fun of it all, 
whilst never ever being boring at any point, mm. at any point of the game, there's no camera change, there's no loading screen for the 50 hours I played. It is one camera, one world, go. Yeah. And that's something I've never experienced before. And it's a game that I felt I'd never experienced anything like it before while all at the same time feeling like I've experienced something like this before but never this good. Mm. It's hard to totally put my finger on without playing it. You know, I can't, I can't say that to someone unless they've played it. They couldn't understand what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I said when I, when I played it and I was like, Tyler, you need to play this game. I'm like, I can't... Yeah. I can't explain it, but when you yeah. when you play it, it clicks, and you're like, oh, I get it. I get why this is so oh, good. I'm so happy you convinced me, like, last Clubhouse. Tyler, mm. just fucking get it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'll get it. Yeah, it's Dude, incredible. Like that day. It's just yeah. fucking incredible. And, like, yeah, like you said, the story is so simplistic. Like, it's not this super complex, convoluted story, but it's more, it's about the characters. Like, you get... It's it's the character development and the, and the character arcs are done so fucking well. And I'm so invested in the characters and their interactions with each other and everything. It's just, it's just incredible. And the story itself is great, and it, it sets itself up for you know, to do do things and like, it, oh, it's just so good. It's just so fucking good. You're right. You're 100 percent right. It's it, it's hard to fault. I don't know if I have a single fault for this game. And I've heard people criticize little things, like not that they're criticizing it, like it's not a good game. Like it is this good, but I thought this might have been done better or this might have been done better. I'm like, I I get it, but I don't. I thought that was fine. Like yeah, some people yeah. talk shit about the fast travel. I would have if the first like 50 fast travels didn't have dialogue that was unique to that, that they kept the story going the same way. If you're in the mm -hmm. boat, there's either you like Kratos or Mimir telling a story to Atreus and there's some dialogue. And in that mm -hmm. you're learning about the law and it's building the whole world and it's building the foundations, not just for this game to mean something, not just for this game to feel like it's, bigger and there's a bigger world to what you're experiencing in this story it means as well like shit there's a lot i want to explore in a sequel there's a lot i want to explore in a trilogy there's mm. a lot i want to explore within the nordic mythology that this game has introduced to us that this game has built the foundation to that this game is made interesting whilst keeping a pivotal character like kratos making him fresh making him new while also using what he has done, making that mean something towards the future of the franchise with a character like Atreus. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's so, it's like, it's... Like, it's a 10 out of 10 game. Like, you would give this game a oh, 10. 100%, 100%. It's, yeah. It's one of the things, yeah. like, I playing the game, and when, you, when I look back at it, I'm like, they must have sat in a room and perfectly mapped out everything. Because... I, I, there's never a moment in the narrative or like not just the main narrative but in the in the dialogue you get in while well, you're traveling while you're fast traveling while you're exploring in the narrative of you know things that are happening during side activities everything meshes so well together it's like one big thing that all just it just works everything works with each other and it's just like they must have planned that out so well like because there's so many different moving parts and it all works so well together it's just it's just incredible it's so great so let's get into some specifics, I guess. Let's start breaking it down. Uh, do you want to start with story? I guess we can start with story, first of all. Because sure. it's prob it's story and characters. It's probably most, most important to you and I. Mm -hmm. um, the way it started, right? Like, I thought... You, let's break it in even smaller, I guess. Mm -hmm. This game nails everything. And when I say everything, I mean 
the soundtrack is one of the best soundtracks of any oh, game I've yeah. ever played. Definitely. And from me, start, from someone who's never played a God of War game ever, and I start this game, I know who Kratos is. He's the face of God of War. I know of him. I know what he means. And I know his personality in the sense of he's a powerful fucking dude. I know he's tough as shit. I know he's powerful. And I know he's been through some shit. So when you start the game and you're nailing everything from start to finish with tone, like you're like, I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. I don't really know who Kratos is fully other than what he represents. I don't know who Atreus is. I don't know. Has Kratos been around? Has he just showed up now that the mother's died? Like, I, I had no idea, but I was mm. intrigued. All I knew is you were cutting down logs for uh, fire to um, burn Kratos' wife, Atreus' mother, mm. and then Atreus goes in to the room and lights the candles and does this blessing, and then the music shifts. As soon as you turn and Kratos is at the door, the music shifts to this darker, intense sort of, just mm. this Norse sort of epic music and it represents that music adds not just to the storyline it adds to the characters it's like you've got this personal little story that's really nice it's like it's a son talking about his mother blessing her as she's passed on like that's really powerful like what a tough kid to hold it together like he is but then you turn around you've got this music shift that changes and it doesn't just tell you that kratos one is distant at this point to atreus his son Mm-hmm. There's a distance between their relationship. That's established just by their movement. There's no real dialogue said to it other than the way they talk to each other and the way they move around each other. Then you've got the music that adds the layer of backstory, of epicness, of importance to Kratos. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And those first five minutes establish everything with barely any dialogue in it. Yeah, it's really fucking amazing. It really It's is. something I've never seen. It's the best five minutes to a game ever. Ever. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was fucking great. Oh, just the way they did that, like the yeah, like the the shift in music between the two. Like obviously you have that the music with the Traeus and then the music with Kratos and it's just like to to I mean to obviously just to link that like the the music does a lot for their relationship and for the story relationship through the story like once you get to the end like you know the music plays in in certain ways where you can see that that development it's fucking incredible the the, the just like they do a lot with just camera movement facial expression and uh music to convey a lot of things like be it emotion or foreshadowing even in a lot of ways um and it's just so fucking awesome because it's oh, it's something you don't you don't notice until you look at it but then you realize how important it was because imagine that opening scene that first five minutes but it's a normal game with a normal cut scene with these camera angles and like you know the camera flicks back and forth and you know it just wouldn't be the same yeah oh no way no way the the camera was everything the camera's i think an underrated part of how important this game is right it's it's like a fly on the wall because it never cuts. It's always like you're there, mm. not you're watching something that's happened in the past. It's mm. like you're watching something that's happening right now. Yeah, it's yeah. something you can't really uh, explain away, nor is it something that you can really put your finger on in the moment. It's just the feeling you have and when you reflect upon it, you realize how impactful it is. Mm. yeah yeah definitely you always feel like you're right there with the characters and you feel like you're part of it it's like <clears throat> i feel like i'm experiencing this too it's it's yeah it's really it's really powerful the way they did that it's 
it's great. Now, I don't want to get into the gameplay. I do want to stick to the story for a while. But in terms of talking about the first hour or so of the game, the mm. way this game establishes not just the story, not just the characters uh, in Kratos and Atreus and their relationship, the way it, the whole game, there's so much to this game. There is so much customization. There's so many gameplay elements with combat. There's so many gameplay elements with the world. It's easy to get lost in what the game has to offer. This game eases you into every single gameplay feature so seamlessly, so integrally, that it just makes the whole experience so easy. Mm. And that's why when I talk about this game in being like really like awesome and everything and it has all this stuff to it, it but it's not just that it has all this stuff to it. It's that it makes it easy for you to enjoy all of the stuff that it has to offer. I don't get to the end of the game and I've got these different gameplay elements that I've never really touched upon because I never really... They threw it all at me and I really just got used to using this bit and I felt uncomfortable trying all this new shit, so I just stuck to what I knew. Mm. No, no, no. It gives you everything piece by piece, one by one, so you know and understand how every gameplay feature works and you know by the end of the game how to use and manipulate everything to your advantage and the way especially that first hour works with the combat and how you're you know finding treasures works and how solving puzzles works and how moving around the world works it establishes Mm. all of that in the first hour and then it just builds upon it as Mm. the game goes on so it's just something that that first hour to me is more important than i think people really talk about with this game yeah that's definitely true because you get the the introduction to how the axe works not just in combat but also in puzzles how it can freeze things and you know how you can knock things down with it and that's important for puzzles and exploring the world you you get to figure out you know obviously there's the combat you get the boss battle with the big old fucking troll thing Um, yeah and then you get the boat and there's there's that and you've got the you know and then while while all of this gameplay is being introduced to you with the different enemy types and you know how the arrow shooting works with atreus and all of this shit it's also developing both of their characters as well as they move through the world and um go on this hunt for this fucking uh deer or whatever it was that's sort of like the beginning section and it's such a simple activity right you're just getting atreus to hunted hunted deer Mm. but it really and this is another thing this game does so well in terms of story is it answers a question and raises three more mm. because it, it answers a question. You're like, okay, well what, what are we doing next? And what does that mean? Okay. It means this, but shit, like, but mm. what does that mean overall for this? And what does that mean overall for this? And where's that going to go with that then? Mm. Okay. Well, I want to know. So like it, it builds these characters while raising questions and what's going to happen next, but also, what's their relationship been and how will that impact what does also happen next? Because there's, it doesn't stop building their past relationship on top of how the relationship is moving forward because you really, you never get a straight answer in how much Kratos was around with Atreus, right? Like they keep talking about how he wasn't there much and how they're not close and how it was his mother that taught him how to do all this stuff and Kratos was doing stuff. So, I mean, was he around like, a couple of was he gone for a couple of months and he'd come back for a couple of weeks and then he'd go again for a couple of months or was he just not around for years or was he around for most of the time but from a distance like there's never a straight answer nor is it mm-hmm. that important what's important is what that meant what that distance has meant for their relationship with each other and how it's almost like they're, they're connected not because they're father and son they're connected because they both love 
Kratos' wife, Atreus' mother. Mm. They're connected through her. And this whole story is about their connection to her. And it's their connection to her that builds their connection to each other. Yeah, not yeah. necessarily their relationship because they're father and son, but how much they love the mother. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I like that, that it links past to, to Kratos' past as well. In the, I mean, Kratos' father, Zeus, tried to kill him. And so, I mean, he's never had a great father figure, and he's had problems, like, in both ways. So, like, both being a father before and being a son before, you know, he he had problems with his own father, and he doesn't know exactly how to be a father because of what happened with his previous family in Sparta. And so it's like, that then links to his relationship with Atreus. He doesn't fucking know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to be a father. He doesn't, like, you see multiple times in the game, and it's in the first hour when you get out this... The, or the first, or this first two hours, when you get out of this opening, and Atreus is looking over at the woods, and he says something, and Kratos goes to put his hand on his shoulder, and then he stops himself, and he just like he doesn't he doesn't know what he's doing. He's like, should should I do that? And like, but maybe he'll let his guard down, and he wants to make sure that he's trained and that he's safe and he can defend himself, and he doesn't want to like have that that barrier there of like emotion to possibly you know fuck it up. But I think also it's also for him that he doesn't want to get too attached to this kid as well because. He knows what happened to his kid before. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to mess up and have like you know, uh, and have have that same loss that he that he suffered before. Um, and you know, there's there's multiple times through the game where he defends Atreus like through. He goes through like some crazy shit to defend him. Like there's one point where the bloody ogre or something goes to like grab Atreus, like bite him, and Kratos just shoves his arm in the thing's mouth to stop it from getting to Atreus, and it's like. You, you see all that that built upon as the game goes along and it's like clearly yeah. he wants he does care for atreus it's just he has no idea how to show it or how to yeah. how to be a father and it's 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 really it's yeah and that's one one of kratos's really cool arcs is sort of figuring that out and that's the thing about this game and i mean we could talk for five hours about the integral specifics and how they mm. managed to write and manipulate the whole storyline between these two characters but we'd be here all day the that's the special thing about this is that there's so many just undertone things that impact the overall with everything the foreshadowing the build up between their relationship how kratos develops as a father how atreus doesn't just build up as a son but also builds up in himself as a young man Mm -hmm. from being you know not being able to control his anger to being able to control his anger then finding out he's a god and then being an arrogant piece of shit thinking he's a god and then learning to kind of find the balance in between that um and you know that his father had but a bit quicker than he did you know through just losing you know it's it, it, mm-hmm. that whole thing was very interesting and i loved their dynamic now just so we're not here all day i guess when it came to the end part well, well before we even get to the end what were some of your favorite scenes throughout with okay. these two Ooh. specifically as characters through the story because i do i do want to touch on um the other characters like a um, mimir and uh mm. um and uh, bloody freya. Um, freya that's it and uh freya uh, son yeah, yeah boulder and then you got like magni and the other guy as well yeah. and i forget their names and but they were yeah brock um, and the dwarves oh, brock and, and stuff. Sindri, yeah oh god yeah some really great fucking characters um the i really there's a, there's a lot of moments in this game that are really special um a lot of fucking moments. I think some of the standout ones for me. Obviously, there's there's the crazy ones like obviously you got the ending and you've got like some battles and you've got like the 
the stuff with Athena and um, the stuff uh, the, with the Blades of Chaos and, you know, whatever, and all that shit was fucking insane. Um, but in terms of character moments, there's a few with um, Kratos and Atreus that I love. One of them is uh, when they're in uh, Tyr's vault and... Oh, so um, I was thinking the exact same scene. And as he, you, sees, yeah. he sees the vase with, like, obviously him on because it's from Sparta, um, and he smashes it on the ground, but Atreus still sees it. Um, and then when they're going up the elevator to get out, and um, he has, like, the drink from 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 Greece, um, and he tells him sort of about, you know, where he, where he came from and everything, and just sort of that that moment they share together of, like, just sort of... It's just, it's just so... It's, I don't know. It's sort of like a combination of, like, everything they've been through, and they have this sort of... This moment just to relax and just sort of reflect and just talk to each other and it's sort of when kratos starts to open up about his past as well and i I love seeing him do that because it's like he's tried so hard to forget it and that's another arc for him in this game as well is learning to not forget his past but accept that it happened and move forward with it um and that shouldn't hold him back because you know that's a thing that happened and it made him who he is but it doesn't mean that he's a bad person like he did a lot of bad things and i mean it's like another moment is that moment when he speaks to atreus it's when it when boulder's gonna kill freya and um kratos grabs hold of him and he says he literally he quotes zeus from god of war 2 and he says um the cycle ends here and like kills him um and that was so good that like i got fucking shivers i was like that's fucking awesome because like even though he hated his father and he killed his father um he still learned from him as well like you, the cycle does need to end. You can't have you know fathers killing sons or you know sons killing mothers or whatever. Like you can't have that. And it seems that being a god always brings that that sort of burden that happens all the time. And he's sort of trying to teach that to Atreus, and he has that conversation where he's like, "Oh, you know, I come from a land called Sparta, and you know, I I killed a lot of people who were deserving and a lot of people who were not." And he explains it all to him, and he says, "We need to be better." And it's just that that whole that's sort of like the message of the game is be better and you know break yeah. that cycle and it's just it's just such a great moment and it's all about parent relationships too with freya and boulder mm. and kratos and atreus and and even kratos and zeus is still a huge impact in this game mm. and, and just like you said learning from mistakes and, and things like that and being better but also the right way to take responsibility because freya used you know control and just never really got over the fact that she couldn't control everything that her son mm-hmm. did and that that would only negatively impact her relationship with her child whereas kratos had to find the balance of not only controlling atreus and what he did but also letting him be free and learning his the mistakes he's making on his own mm-hmm. which i feel he did nicely as well because there was times i loved atreus and hated atreus mm-hmm. but i could tell the game wanted me to hate atreus right like mm-hmm. some of the main scenes was like so tears vault but the main one was like i loved when Obviously, the standout scene for me is someone that, you know, I didn't know that Kratos was getting those blades, but Athena shows up, and I haven't played the old God of Wars, but it still had a huge impact on me. Atreus has been injured, and he's sick, and he's dying, and he's got to go to Helheim uh, Mm. to to be able to to save Atreus. But to do that, he's got to get his blades um, of chaos to be able to even work, and that whole scene with Athena... 
and he shows his wrists and then he ties it around and then he says, but I, I she said, you'll always be a monster. He said, I, you're right, but I'm your monster no longer. I'm like, what a great scene. And then you start That's using those blades. I'm like, holy fuck. They're, this is like, I'm like 60% through the game and they've added this enormous gameplay feature to the game I now. I didn't, think, I didn't think they'd add the blades. When it happened, I was fucking freaking out. It, it, was, it was one of the most incredible moments ever. And the how fun the blades are made it, just as much impactful like story-wise it's impactful right but the fact that the blades are such an amazing integral and different part of the combat is what made it also mean Mm. more because it's actually just as epic to play with as it was of a scene to introduce it which is special and then that led to atreus finding out that he's a god which Mm. again in and of itself is a great scene and atreus takes it really well but that's actually a problem because in Tia's Temple, and you see this scene where um, Atreus is talking about, well, the, you know, oh, you're right. Well, you know, you're right before because these little people are just worrying gods about their little people problems. Mm-hmm. And you've got Mimir, the head, going, are we just going to leave that there? Are we not going to address <laughs> what he's saying? And I loved it. And that's the moment yeah. I realized this is the best game I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Because I was like in tears of like joy of playing mm-hmm. the game in that moment. I remember messaging you. I said, this is the best game I've ever played. And I told you about that scene because you'd already played it. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, I love that. That was the moment for me. Because I'm like, this isn't a sad moment. This is barely a happy moment. This is actually a moment where I'm seeing Atreus become a bad dude. But it was done in such a way that I'm like, wow, I love every single character. I care about everything they're saying. And they're manipulating my emotions with every character so well. Up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. From start to finish for hours. Yeah. continuously challenging where I thought this game was going to go. And that scene to me was just a special one of like, what a funny scene. And I, I you know, Mimir was kind of the mm. conscience of it all. And he himself is just a huge gameplay feature in the sense of how much he adds to the lore and explaining things. And it's just this random head. That's a third member of your team in this journey. That's a voice of reason and a voice of e- explanation. And that adds so much to the game as well that again it's just an addition you don't know about until you play the game itself yeah and i think that i mean i love that when atreus finds out he's a god and he starts to get all cocky and he kills that one god after after kratos told him not to where he says like he's defeated you know we don't need to kill him and atreus does it anyway it's like it's like kratos saw his younger self in atreus because and he's like he he's like mad at him and he's like there are consequences to killing a god and obviously he hasn't told you know atreus about his past but it's like kratos in his sort of you know wanting revenge on Ares for what happened in the original god of war he kills Ares, but without thinking about the consequences and in doing so it spirals him into this you know this war against all the gods of mount olympus where he has to kill all of them and he doesn't obviously doesn't want the same to happen again and he's like we can't go around just killing gods it's like you know only if it's you know super necessary and that time it just it just wasn't and it's like you know i really i really like that moment where kratos is kratos there's such development with kratos he doesn't want to be the same he like he understands his faults and i think that's why he tries to hide it as well because he's like he doesn't want to be that guy he knows what he did was wrong the amount of innocent people he killed and the fact that he you know it didn't have to turn out that way but that's what happened and he wants to he doesn't want it to happen again but he also he doesn't he doesn't seem to want to confront it either until the very end and that's the beautiful part about atreus to this whole game is that without atreus kratos is kind of shit you know what i mean like kratos 
is mm. developed so well because of Atreus, and you don't get to yeah. see that without Atreus there yeah, and the seeing a younger self. Um... No. No. And the fact that this game is all about spreading the mother's ashes on the top of a mountain, that's the whole story. Mm. And this is the game we get out of that story. Insane, man. Insane. That's and crazy. I I can't yeah, I just can't speak more highly of it and how Atreus again comes full circle from becoming more of a man and, and, and figuring out and controlling himself to then become realizing he's a god, becoming an arrogant piece of shit, coming back and learning from those mistakes all in one game. He's such a developed and fleshed out kid mm. and it just made Kratos become a better man and a better god because of how he parented Atreus. Yeah. Atreus's yeah. development is Kratos's development, you know? It's mm. it, it's a special thing and it doesn't work like it's not this is the special thing about it like that doesn't just work with every game. You mm. can't just do that with any game. It works because of how they did it in this game. Mm. that made it special yeah and i love the way they do it so that god of war this new god of war like i think it's really cool that i mean obviously you know what happened in the past god of war games you know call yourself up to speed but i think it's interesting that we both enjoyed it just as much but you hadn't played the games and i had played the previous games and i think it works in both ways you can play this game you know i think i think you need to know at least who kratos is like i think sure that I think that needs to be known. Like you know, he's a god. He killed all the gods in Greece. I think as long as you know but, that, but they, then but, you know. But they made it. They made it impact. Like they didn't explain it in this game, but at the same time, they made it pretty obvious mm. as to what he's done. But you didn't even need to. There's almost a special part because even if you had, for me, I felt like more of Atreus yeah. because because Atreus didn't know. And, I mean, I knew what he did because I watched a quick recap of it. Yeah, sure, but I didn't know the details. Mm-hmm. I knew, like, he told me a five-minute tale about it. Like, I didn't really know the specifics. I didn't play it. Like, you've played it. You knew the details. You knew lines people have said. I, I couldn't read mm-hmm. that. I couldn't know yeah. Zeus said that in God of War 2. Mm. Uh, but that's almost what made it just as special in a different way because I'm like, they made his backstory important without it being important without yeah they made it they made it feel like it was it was important to this game but it wasn't integral to know it it was like yes. his backstory was an important plot point but you don't have to know it like it's yeah. just important it's just like that, some yeah. shit happened that's serious yeah. he learned from mistakes he's been through shit like they made you realize that they made you feel like he's been through a lot of shit yeah. and i know what a badass he is so i already knew stuff like that like i knew who kratos was he's done I'm like wow this dude's shit. crazy like, and I'm, I'm like, wow, well, this dude's this dude's come a long way from what I'd seen from the sh- small man of God of War stuff. I'm like, what a character, what what a what a journey he was on from the start of this game to the end of this game. But he's a character that can't change, but at the same time, he's changed. Mm. Like he's still the exact same Kratos when Atreus is not the same Atreus, mm. but at the same time, Kratos has developed a lot in a different. Like it's that's a great, the, in, impossibly brilliant thing about God of War on PlayStation 4 is they do things so well without doing them. Mm. If that makes sense. That's the thing. It doesn't even make sense when I say it. Yeah, I get what you mean. They they do things so well without saying them is Mm -hmm. the right way to say it. You know what I mean? And that's 
the amazing part about it. It doesn't just work because let's just do a father and son storyline and blah, 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 blah. Let's just throw it out there and it'll make sense because people will be like, well, I have a father or I have a son, you know? Mm. No, no, no. It works because they make it work by doing things rather than saying things or Mm. saying things without doing things. They knew when to say things. They knew when not to say things. They knew when to do things. They knew when not to do things. Yeah, it's they, they just knew what to do every step of this whole game, every beat, every moment, every scene, every line, every minute. It's mm. just a near-perfect game. Yeah, and I think it's it's not just a sort of father and son storyline. It's like a Kratos and his son storyline. It's a very specific storyline. It, it yes. works so well because it's, it's Kratos. And I think that's what's so fucking good about this game. Like, a lot of games... They're like, oh, we want to be like open to new players, but we also want to, you know, do do stuff for returning fans. So like, we'll try and find a balance. This game is the perfect balance. It's yep. in every way a sequel to God of War three, but in in a way that you don't have to have played any of the old games as well. It's so fucking good in that way. I just I just don't know how they've done it. Like, because now, it's now I would I'd like to say this. I'll ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Don't Google it. I just like to ask you a question. Okay. Have you heard about how much it's sold? I've heard it's like the fastest selling PlayStation 4 game, but I haven't heard exact now for, amounts. For companies like EA saying people don't care about single player experiences anymore, mm-hmm. for companies like Ubisoft that say it's all got to be fresh and you can't use characters again, blah, 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 all this bullshit, for companies that use multiplayer as their primary source of gaming and think that they can't make money from things, that the companies that use microtransaction bullshit to make money and make quality games and just make fans feel like shit. They have no fucking clue what they're talking about. They want us to think that because they want to manipulate the market in the future. They want to brainwash the people that pay the money. They want to brainwash the marketplace that to do what they want us to do, which is to spend money on bullshit and say, thank you. We love it when it's shit. What mm-hmm. God of war has done is given us a single player experience that you pay for and you get what you pay for. It gives exactly what you want and more. It doesn't ask you for more money. It doesn't ask you for more bullshit. It gives you everything within Mm. itself as a game. And it's a single player experience. And guess what? It's the fastest selling PlayStation 4 exclusive of all time. Mm. Uncharted Four sold 2.9 million units in the first week. Horizon Zero Dawn sold 2.7 million units in two weeks. God of War sold 3.1 million units in three days. Holy shit. That's insane. God of War is proof that good quality games that leave the audience satisfied happy and excited is going to not only sell you games now but it's going to sell you games later 100 and it's going to sell you consoles later because it's an exclusive yeah that's amazing and that's the thing like i th- it's like ea and ubisoft they don't they don't want to admit it but it investment in these characters work like kratos was a, is a character from 2005 like and to have a game with this character that's so old and has so many, you know, other games relating to him, to sell that fucking well, it's a clear message that people love, you know, story-driven investment in characters and stuff, like, but, oh, God, yeah. It also shows reviews matter as well. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Look all those fucking reviews, it's it's incredible. 
Yeah, although if you don't think that didn't impact the game sales as well, you know, oh, you're kidding yourself. You know what I mean? Like the, what God of War did, how they gave games super early to reviewers, and then you set this date, release your reviews now, mm-hmm. you know, and then it was so such huge, you know, sea of, of enthusiasm and praise and acclaim. It yeah. led to the release a couple of days later, the audience going, fuck, I better play this, you know? Mm, yeah. yeah. They, they just nailed they it. I, they just... I don't know. This is why I'm like, as much as I'm excited to see what happens next, as much as I'm excited for a sequel, at the same time, I'm okay if I never played another God of War game again because, and I mean this in the sense of, they, I just can't imagine in a world like this, you can have a game, not only be a game within itself, a 10 out of 10 perfect, near perfect game, but the way they marketed it, the way they released it so perfectly, you can never do that again. You can't do that again. I mean... you can. Lightning doesn't strike twice like that. I've never seen a company do it before to that level. I'm sure they'll sell well, if not better, with a sequel, but will they nail everything as well with a sequel? Will they nail the way they release it and market it? I don't know. You can I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't believe it. I've never seen it before. Yeah, that's. it must be tough. I mean, that's why I think they need to leave it a while because obviously, you know, it's got to be. Want to do that. Like, I really want, I want a sequel tomorrow, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, I'd, love to, I'd love to be playing more, but... I, I mean, I don't know, maybe like five years or something. Like, I mean, it was how long has it been since God of War three? Like eight years or something? Yeah, uh, um, wasn't two thousand thirteen or twelve or something that? Oh, I don't. I God, think of God, War, God of War three was 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 it not twenty ten? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. God of War three was twenty ten. I mean, obviously you have those spin off games, but I mean, they don't really count. Um, God of War Ascension. That was so like, like they're all sort of prequels and stuff, aren't they? Like. Um, and stuff. It's like not that they're bad games. I'm not saying they're bad games. Like people do really yeah. like them, and obviously they add to the story. I'll probably play them at some point. But in terms of like the like, this is their sequel to God of War Three. It's been eight years, so you know. Um, I'd they've been I, working yeah. up for five solid years. Yeah. So I'd say maybe five years. Give them five years. Like give them all the fucking time they need to make you know the next game. Because I mean, yeah. the story's only going to go so many fucking places, and it's just you know. So much they can do with it. Um, Let's talk about the ending then. Let's talk yeah. about because you've got you've got great characters. Mamiya, amazing addition to the team. Freya, great character. The way they developed mm-hmm. her, the way they foreshadowed the boulder arrow thing, incredible. They did so much amazing shit with foreshadowing in this game. I'd never seen a game foreshadow like this. It was like a movie. The way they played with motifs and icons throughout it, and then they reconnected with it later. They mm. treated the player like they're intelligent, like they could put things together themselves, which mm. I appreciate. Not enough games yeah. do that. It was fantastic, um, and it just added to the ending and made it so much more. Because I'm like, well, how the fuck do you beat him? Like, how the fuck do you beat Bold? He's indestructible. And then it turned out that these green arrows, and then oh you flashback in your head, and I'm like, oh Down shit, that's moment, incredible. Yeah. That's that's amazing stuff. And Freya did a great, and I want to see what happens with her next. Mm. They finished off the storyline. They started from the start with Boulder, and they completed Atreus and Kratos's, you know, arc and everything. And then Mimir, this great addition. People like Brock, um, mm. and the and the dwarves and stuff. They were great additions. Yeah. Then we get to the ending. We finally get to Jodenheim. This journey that's taken a million twists and turns that were, couldn't have been simpler as an idea, but couldn't have been more difficult to fucking achieve. To spread ashes at the top of the mountain. We're here in Yonatheim, and we get the story of Kratos and Atreus already told on walls, wall paintings, mm. like it was a prophecy. 
what was what were you thinking when you were seeing all that shit i mean i'm still a little bit confused on it now as much as i mean i get it but like it was like i was like wait why is this here like who like did, was it like they knew this would happen or is it because of time travel and time moving differently in realms and that's why right like the the time in realms moves differently is that not yes that is why right yeah, yeah a bit of both maybe yeah and it was like um i mean i think yeah i think it is a bit of both because i think atreus has a bit of he can sort of he has like premonitions as well with things that he foreshadows in the game just like passing things that he says in the game um and obviously that that secret ending which i suppose we'll get onto later on but um that's sort of like um atreus has those so maybe his mother did too but it's also a bit of sort of time travely you know time not in sync probably because of realms or whatever i don't know but yeah it's it's i was like oh shit so these are all like this is our whole journey from start to finish like what the fuck is going on it was it was i was i was confused but i think i get it now well the most interesting part as i said right at the top of this podcast is we found out that not only is this sort of story been predestined but or retold from the future but we found out the name of Atreus originally, at least in the eyes of his mother and to her people in Jotunheim and the mm. giants, is Loki, mm. the god of god of mischief. Oh yeah, that was that was a moment. I was like, oh shit. I mean, it makes sense. Like, it all made sense to me. I was like, that makes sense because obviously his mother's called Faye, but it's like it's Laufey, like the the giant Loki's mother um yeah and then you've got like the the world serpent who's loki's son yeah um s- said, said he recognized him yeah yep. it's like it all just came together and uh there's a moment as well where when loki finds out he's a god or when atreus finds out he's god um he's like he says oh can i turn into a wolf and look one of loki's sons is a wolf um and it's like there's little bits oh, of foreshadowing uh here and there and it's oh, it's really fucking cool. When you find it out, I was like, oh, that all makes that makes so much sense. And it's just it was such a great moment. I watched a Is video that... of um the the creative director, uh, who's also like the the full director on the game, and he's also a writer on it. Um, who said about when they came up with that moment, he said it wasn't him that came up with it. It was someone pitched it to him. They came in, they were like, oh, we're thinking about this ending, and like we think it'd be cool if if Atreus at the end was like, oh, they they were saying my name wrong and on the on on the Wolpangs. They called me like Loki, and he was like, we've got to put that in the game. Like that is that's perfect. That was such a great moment, and that's when they yeah. did it. So, um, yeah, oh, it was just so great, just revealing that, and it opens up so many doors for what they can do in the future. There's even a foreshadow moment that I loved with Boulder when Boulder was mm-hmm. killing Kratos at the top of the mountain. He goes, "This will be my new brother now." Oh yeah. You said that about Atreus, and I was like, "That's funny because you know, um, Boulder and Thor are sons of Odin, and Loki is the adopted son of Odin." Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. You know, I, I thought I thought back to that straight away. I'm like, "That's funny because you know, the, well, technically they are brothers." Yeah, um, yeah. In mythology. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good moments, but it, like I did feel the ending was really anticlimactic. I just kind of expected so? this big epic ending, and like I thought, yeah, sure, Boulder's the right person to have the ending with, right? Mm. Um, when you think about it with that boss battle. But once I finished the boss battle, I'm like, that was like the pre boss battle, that's not the end. And then you get to the end, and I expected Freya or something. I suppose there'd be a one more big epic moment, and there wasn't. It just kind of ended. 
it was really a slow sort of ending, which mm. I wasn't mad at or anything, but I was just kind of like, huh, okay, yeah. Oh, oh okay. I didn't. I mean, I, I, mean, I guess I, I went into it, I mean, I expected we'd get way more with the sequel in terms of who we would fight. So I was like, we're going to, I was convinced, like midway through the game, I was like, okay, we're only going to be fighting Boulder in this game. It's like the way you only fought Ares in God of War 1. It's a very personal yeah. story. And then it, the second game, well, I mean, with God of War 2, like you're fighting the whole pantheon of gods. So it's like, I assume they'll they'll give a reason for that in God of War Two or whatever they call the next one, um, and you know we'll see where that goes. But I mean, I loved. I mean, that final boss battle with Baldur was fucking awesome. Um, yeah, really loved that. Loved that moment with with Freya when you when you kill Baldur and she's like saying how she'll like rain down everything on you and everything. And it's like, okay, well, I'd like to see how that turns out because that sounds interesting. Um, yeah. And all that stuff, and he has the, you know, with Atreus, and then obviously they go to the top of the mountain and shit. Um, but yeah, and as well with that mountain stuff, after you find out Atreus is Loki and all of that stuff, when you come out and um, Atreus asks, well, why did you name me Atreus? And he tells the story of the Spartan, like, officer guy that was, like, always sort of yeah. optimistic and everything in battle. Um, and that was a really nice story. And, it, it, I mean, it fits Atreus's character, and it also then also is, like, sort of some of uh some of Kratos's backstory as well which is nice yeah i loved all that loved all that too other thing and i will we'll kind of get to this with the sequel talk because i want to kind of backtrack and talk about gameplay and the world a bit more before we talk about like the future predictions mm-hmm. but in the wall paintings we see atreus killing kratos yes or well, taking the life force of kratos it's not specific well it's you could interpret it in different ways but i interpret it as this is going to be one of the storylines where Trace is going to have to take, kill Kratos in some See, way. Shape. I'm not sure where they're going to go with that because I mean, what it what it looked like to me was it, I mean, Kratos is dying and Loki or Atreus is there, and you've got the World Serpent like there that's like coming sure. out, and it's like sure. will it's like Kratos has been like foreshadowed or like you know prophesized to die many times and he's always changed fate and i think there's a lot of moments in this game where they do change a lot of things i mean you know they've foreshadowed with things like ragnarok it's like what's going to happen with that i think it's very possible that kratos could come out of it god everything causes ragnarok in this fucking mythology i swear to god every yeah, time they talk everything. about any story and any character ever and that's when ragnarok will yeah it's like I'm oh like, and then it what snowed you... and then it ragnaroked <laughs> it was great <laughs> <laughs> it's like don't step there it'll cause ragnarok be careful no one stands on that square that's a meme that is a meme in the making right there it's like don't do that ragnarok will happen. oh god yeah i'm surprised ragnarok hasn't happened already what is going on yeah yeah what is happening we did talk about things so therefore ragnarok um yeah it's jesus christ yeah we all exist so ragnarok should be happening now what's going on guys i almost i almost forgot there were even people in this because a big part of this game is like i felt so empty in a lot of ways like Sure, there's a lot of dead bodies and old buildings and things like that. I'm like, but where the mm. fuck are the people? I'm in Midgard. This is a mortal realm. Where the fuck are the people? I forgot that there was even a scene where there were people that turned into dead people, like ice people, mm. in the game. Because Atreus is talking about, what if we run into humans? What if we run into other humans and men? Oh, yeah, yeah, the reefers. Like, and then all of a sudden, you've got these random dudes that show up. And I'm like, yeah, they're the only real mortal humans that showed up in the whole game. Yeah, it's because they turn just into God those... God other people don't know and then they stay as those other people i think I, I i the way i thought of it was this the place we we are in midgard is so close to the the sort of 
uh like the bifrost and the like you know where all of this stuff is and the battles and stuff that I, I feel like the further you moved out you'd find more people living because it's like with with the original god of war games you had there were a lot of civilians you were always sort of in like in, in the first game anyway you were in sparta and you had all the civilians and they were all sort of about and you'd be like in the midst of battle and you see these battles with these like armies and stuff and obviously that was just like normal but then in like god of war 2 and 3 you're up in like mount olympus and you're with the gods and there's not a lot of people so i feel like it works in the same way like the area you are in midgard is because it's so close to the bifrost there's going to be less people there i feel like that's why that was happening maybe that's a pretty that's a headcanon thing you're doing there because midgard is the whole planet like midgard is just earth so i mean obviously you've not just got like you know fucking i don't know where they are fucking norway or wherever in fucking scandinavia so yeah i mean yeah i suppose there'd be more people there were more people out outside but i never really thought about it to be honest yeah, I thought about that mostly at the end. That was that's a, a small criticism of it. It just felt a bit empty sometimes. Yeah. Oh, you know um, what else actually? Because there was a battle or something, was there not? Because that's why you've got all the dead people and like their crash ships and stuff. So it must have been like a battlefield that happened there. Yeah, but that was a while ago though, from what I remember. True. I, I feel like, like just no one goes passed. there because it's so fucking dangerous. Yeah, true. But also, like, there was lots going on with the realm tears, and that's why dead were coming through, things like that. You know. Mm yeah true. so there's a lot of stuff going on yeah, um, yeah. and i got that but i was like there could have been a couple more people right but yeah again it didn't make that much of a difference because you know there it wasn't really to do with the story and it was very every character was very specific to the story because it did, wouldn't make sense for you to run into anybody in the sense of every person you run into has an impact on your characters because mm. you would be like shit what are you doing oh how can we help or how can you help us sort of thing so yeah. you can't just have a random civilian pop up because that's going to Every character you ran into caused an effect, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. And because Which the is area another so, special part of the game. Yeah, because the area is so dangerous as well. It's like, why there's not going to be random civilians. So everyone's got to be important as well. That's why you got like Brock and Sindri and Freya and everyone. Because it's like, these people can survive out here. Whereas you've got like, you're not going to have like, you know, bloody Bob and Jack or whatever just like sitting on a bench. Like, oh, it's a fucking lovely day, isn't it? With like Draugr yeah. everywhere, so I guess it makes sense. I just assume yeah. there's no like normal civilians there. They probably live on the outskirts. Plus, it's like fucking Scandinavia in like the, like it's fucking it's a long time ago, isn't it? Like the same. I guess it'd be around the same time as like ancient Greece. So yeah, there's not many people there. I don't think. Yeah, true. Good point. Um, and I mean, you did see like human villages that were just wrecked and destroyed mm. as well, and just dead yeah, bodies yeah. and stuff. Um, in terms of gameplay, I tell you what. The the combat in this game is so fucking fun, mm. I can't even deal. Yeah, like really even just it, me doing the post, trying to platinum the game and doing all the post game and Niflheim stuff. Like, and you're grinding the mist echoes in this fucking maze, and it's it should be boring, but the combat's so fun, it just doesn't get old. Mm. There's so much variation to it. Once you master it, feel like such a badass switching between weapons from the axe to the blades of chaos to just. Uh, unarmed um, and using all your abilities your talisman your special moves summoning atreus is helping you everything and just how it impacts every the many different types of enemies it's just just it's never dull ever in this game there's never a minute of dullness 
in any of the story aspects because not only is the story super interesting with dialogue continuously, the combat's fun, the gameplay's fun. It's just fucking incredible. And it keeps adding more and more abilities to you, whether they throw the Blades of Chaos at you. They're like, Atreus can shoot these lightning arrows that can activate this. Now you can exploit this. You can go back to this and get this chest now. You know, there's always adding these new elements to it. that mm. new gameplay feature to the world. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It was really cool. It was really balanced. It was... It was, you know, there was way more... Like, you think, like, there was a lot of points where I'm like, okay, I think I get the game now. And they'd add more things into the game. And I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't realize we'd be getting more things that, you know, you had to learn. It was like... Because there was a point where I was like, I'd leveled up my... The axe pretty much all the way. And I was like, okay, we've got to be getting close to the game. And then they introduced the Blades of Chaos. And I was like, okay, we're nowhere near done, are we? Because this is, you know, I've got a whole nother skill tree now to sort out and everything. So, yeah, I really love the way they did all that incredible i remember when i messaged you i'm like i'm surely like 75 percent of the way and you're like you're not even halfway time. i'm like holy shit and it's not because it's like the longest game ever it's just because like it's so intense i couldn't play god of war for more than three hours at a time i had to put it down it was too intense it was too much like i was like i need a break i need yeah. to relax i need to go like hug my puppy or something like that you know what i mean like, i had to take a break it's just so intense man. oh yeah it definitely is um so, I mean, we could I mean, we could sit here and break down every aspect of everything forever, but I do want to touch on but we can't. Like we've talked about the things our main things come to mind. I'm sure there's things we'll talk about another time. Um but I want to talk about post game and what's coming next, like future predictions, I guess, okay. because do we, do the post game the the post credit scene and Yes, let's that do that. Stuff? All right. So, Thor <laughs> just yeah. throw it in the Thor shows but yeah just that you go back to the house you've gone through this epic journey I don't want to speak too late because I can hear Harlan just as I'm outside walking around the house and he's just started playing God of War and I don't want to spoil yeah. it for him oh, yeah. um, I can hear him going to the bathroom and I'm like oh shit don't want to talk too late um, you know you show up at the house after everything you sleep and then it goes years later mm-hmm. but they obviously don't change the character models and I imagine they'll address this whole scene later in the next game and yeah they'll be you know grown up a bit more especially obviously atreus um and at the front door is thor son of odin Mm. who's i mean you've killed two of his sons and his brother in this game so he's obviously pissed yeah so it's just a bit crazy yeah yeah i was i was like when I, when I saw the dude outside the front of the house, obviously you don't know it's Thor at first. Like, you see all the lightning, I'm like, is this Thor? Are they, is Thor going to show up? And then you see the guy, and I'm like, oh god, is it? And then he pulls the, the cape back, and you see me on there, and it's like, oh shit, that's fucking awesome. Um, yeah. And it was like, okay, so where are they going with this, though? Because this was years later. Are you telling yeah. me Thor took years to decide he wanted to kill Kratos and Atreus? Like, what what's going on there? That's... I feel like that the scene represents more of what the game's about next, and it's not that years later he just decides he wants to do it. I feel like years later something happens that really triggers sure he's killed his two of his sons, but I feel like there's more to it mm-hmm. in the sense of um, there's a reason he's he's doing it now years later, and I feel like it's to do with Freya. Like I feel like Odin will be someone you deal with in the third game of this Norse yeah saga like i feel like it'll be like a trilogy of this norse era mm. it's not just gonna be one more game but that'll be it i feel like the main enemies we'll be dealing with in the next game are going to be thor and mm. freya freya to me someone's going to last probably until the 
ending of it and she'll be the final person we sort of battle she'll be the underlining character of it all like she'll become an ally again for a short time and an enemy again back and forth mm. here and there but thor will be the main bad guy consistently and then odin will be the main bad guy consistently in the third mm-hmm. and but there'll be underlying aspects and undertones of freya here and there and she'll be a person we'll have to battle i feel like atreus is gonna have his ups and downs too the older he gets the more power he gets the more he understands his powers as a god mm-hmm. i feel like he's gonna have a role to play because i feel like to me kratos at some point story has to end and there has to be a passing of the torch i thought it should have been this game but the more you know i kind of reflect on i'm like no you know i'm i would love to see these two again and maybe even a third time and then once the norse era sort of ends Mm -hmm. really end kratos and and move on with atreus and slash loki as the next main guy like why not yeah, that'd be very no, interesting. That'd be it'd be they, but obviously they know this and everyone knows this. they'd have to do it in the best way possible. Um, yeah, because like, would just... do you think it would feel like a waste if I'll give you an example? Okay, they finish with the Norse era. Mm-hmm. They go to wherever they go next, whether it's like Egyptian sort of gods or wherever they go, it doesn't yeah. matter. But the end of this era is Kratos wins. Like, Atreus goes bad, you kill your son, and Kratos is alone again, and next era. And that's just Kratos by himself. It wouldn't feel like you've just wasted, like, yeah, they've yeah. literally just started this whole era and then killed it all and then moved on, just for yeah, the sake yeah. of it. Yeah, because it's like, you can't, you can't just do God of War, the original trilogy, again. You can't just go, oh, Kratos comes here, he kills a god, bad things happen, he kills all the gods. He, his son, like, you know, goes mad with power and then he has to kill his son and then he moves to somewhere else and now he's all alone again. It's like the same story. They just yeah, set up exactly. the same story again. It's like, I don't, like, as much as I'd love to see Kratos go to all these different places, I think if you're going to tell the best story now you've set up these characters, there has to be that passing of the torch and Atreus has to become the god of war in a way. Because God of War means yep. more than just, you know, the God of, of War now, in, in the God of War lore anyway. So, like, he's not just, like, the way Ares was l- watching over war. It's like, he, Kratos has kind of given it a new meaning. It means something else, and he could pass that on to Atreus. It's also the story itself, right? Like, he wa- he's not really even the God of War in this. He's not, it's not like he even is. Yeah, he's not the God of War in this game. He's just kratos but it's mm. he was he he is he was the god of war and this is his story mm. it's not to do with being the god of war it's yeah, yeah. what happens yeah and it's i mean like i'm i think they're definitely going to de- develop atreus's god powers in the future because there's a moment in god of war bef- i think is it before yeah it's before atreus knows he's a god when he he like almost activates Spartan rage, but he passes out because he's like he doesn't know how to control it and he doesn't know he's a god. Because uh, it's like that coughing that he keeps doing is like him not understanding everything. And like whenever he gets angry, and then he lets it go and he has that like burst of like red stuff that Kratos does when he goes into Spartan rage, but Atreus just collapses. Um, so it'd be really cool to see Atreus fully embrace that and actually like go like sort of like full Kratos even and sort of do the same shit kratos would do and see see like he's powerfully realized because he's got kratos's full god powers as well as also being a giant as well so that'd be interesting to see him explore there's so much they can do like i don't know where to start yeah 
That's like, I'm glad I'm not the one writing it. I wouldn't know what to fucking Yeah, do. I know. Isn't it one of those things, like, Assassin's Creed, like, just give it to us. We'll fucking figure it out. But with um, this, it's like, okay, yeah, I don't want to deal with this. this you need really, you need actual smart people to yeah, do this, not yeah. idiots. Because, you know, for Assassin's Creed, idiots can do better. Um, <laughs> you know, so that's the difference there. Mm. Yeah, definitely. What what else is there to talk I about? Know. I guess we could. I mean, we could just break down everything, but I don't really want to. You know, I wanted to talk to you about like the main stuff of the mm. story that's out and things like that. Like, I'm looking forward to Thor next. I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing what Freya becomes now that she's lost her son and hates Kratos and uh, Atreus. I think Mimir. We didn't really talk much about Mimir, but he was such an amazing part of this game, and I I want him to be a part of this journey the whole time. Those three together, it's yeah, like an definitely. awesome little. It was so good. I didn't realize, like, it was, when, when Mimir shows up, you're like, oh, so now this guy, we're just going to transport him somewhere. But it's like, no, he just became a main character. I was like, I fucking love it. He's such a great character. That was the thing. This whole gameplay, the way it built and gave you more gameplay, more gameplay features, more gameplay features, more story features, more story features. It just expanded more than I ever thought it would times 10 from mm. where it was at the start. Like, when you're in the first couple of hours of the game, it feels like you're playing an Uncharted or a Last of Us. a bit of a linear experience with some collectibles throughout. Uh, and then it mm -hmm. builds up and like, oh, no, you can move around a bit. Oh, no, there's different realms as well. Oh, you can move around huge amounts, plus mm -hmm. side activities and all this extra stuff and all these different realms. That, like, t what I thought it expanded upon times 10 is what it really was. And it just does that in the best way possible with characters also. Like, mm -hmm. you, I start to think to myself what, now that I'm at the end game, what was the game, what was it even like without my Blades of Chaos. What was this game even like without Mimir? How could I play mm. this game without Mimir, you know? Yeah. It adds everything. It means so much that you're like, fuck, I can't even remember. I don't even want to remember playing without my Blades, playing without yeah. Mimir, playing without my ability to do this or that or the other. It's almost like a different game at the end, the way it progresses from start to finish. It it's almost like a completely different experience because you open up so I many more narrative doors. You understand the world way better you understand where you are like you understand how everything works you get a lot more equipment way more characters and the relationships change and you know your outlook on the way the world is and everything it's just it's just completely different at the end to how it is at the beginning and it's not it's not like it's sudden it's a progression across the narrative of the game and it's just so great yeah it's oh, fuck i can't wait to see what happens next. Give me the sequel tomorrow, please. I can't deal yeah, with I this. Yeah, I can't fucking wait. And the way, like, it may upset some people because at first I thought, oh, shit, we're going to all nine realms because all nine realms are on the board. But mm -hmm. no, it's just all nine realms are on the board because all nine realms exist. But you can only go to so many in the yeah. game. And there was, another, you know, Helheim and Alfheim for the, throughout the story plus Jodenheim at the end um, mm. with Midgard being the main place. And then post-game realms being Niflheim and uh, Mudelheim and whatever it's called. Yeah. As post-game worlds, plus the Valkyrie stuff, like, it's not the greatest post-game content in the world, but they were fun. Like, I loved farming, like, the Mist Echoes and going through all that to upgrade my stuff. The arena challenges were tough and fun. The Valkyries were awesome different types of boss mm. battles. Yeah, yeah, You know, it's been fun. Like, I've enjoyed it, but like you said, it's like a different game. I'm like, oh, wait, this was the game that I was playing that felt like a Uncharted Last of Us game at the start? What a world we live in. Yeah, it's the, the, amazing. Really this. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have been like, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm mad we couldn't go to, like, Asgard and wherever. And it's like, they're obviously saving that for sequels. Like, they need somewhere new for us to explore, and I'm excited to see that in the future, because obviously Asgard, it was like, Asgard's Fartalheim and 
Vanaheim were locked. Um, and that'll be interesting to see in the future, to see what they look like, like especially Asgard. That'll be incredibly interesting to see exactly how, that, how that's looking. So, I mean, those will be great places for the future. I mean, that's the thing. Like, How, yeah. how do you do a trilogy? Will they, are, are they going to... Like what? How are they going to expand these areas? And how are they going to? Are you just going to revisit them, but they look different? Or like, what are we like? That's well. If you if you just go by with with Midgard plus the World Serpent effect on the world, I feel like Midgard you can change up quite a bit, uh, extend it a bit, and then you you've got realms we've never visited that mm. could be plenty. And as well within other realms, I'm sure there'll be big places you can go to in these realms of it and the explore because the other realms other than Midgard I think were small sections of it. I'm sure they can expand those heaps mm. amount that we've already visited plus ones we haven't. Yeah, true. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see what they do with that. That'll be good. I look forward to it. Alright. Anything else? Uh I don't think so. Um, I mean I'm sure there is, but also Yeah, nothing you know, I can off the top of something... my head. Um yeah. DLC, what do you I mean a lot I've heard a lot of talk about what people think, like people really want an expansion. What do you think? I don't think there's gonna be DLC or an expansion. No, I don't think there will either and I don't really want it either. I, neither do I. I want all the story to fit into a sequel. Yeah. yeah I don't want them to I, waste yeah. storylines on DLCs, yeah. I don't think there's any need for it and I don't think they want to do it either, to be honest. Um and that's yeah. fine. Like with this game breaking all those sort of conventions of modern video games it'd only make sense for them not to do dlc um because they haven't been doing microtransactions you know they haven't been doing all this online stuff and you know it makes sense for them not to do any expansions either and just this is the game um and i think that's great to see that in 2018 just a game like that with no stupid gimmicks and you know all of the shit that normally weighs down games in the in the industry like today so i think that's good Fuck yeah, you're oh, totally right. Oh, beautiful. This is definitely one of the best games I've ever played. And if someone somehow listens to this whole podcast and not played it, get your fucking life together. <laughs> We've ruined the whole fucking thing now. So yeah, so there you go. yeah. Well, you know what? Figure it out. They'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, there you go. That is God of War, the spoiler cast. Um, fuck, I'm yawning. Okay, you're yawning too. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm tired too. Jesus. Uh, but there you go. That's that's the God of War spoiler cast. If you did enjoy um, and you're listening on on the YouTube one, then go ahead and drop a like. Uh, check out the links in the description. If you enjoyed so much that you like, I I could really do with a bit more of this. We have a bunch of exclusive content over at Patreon.com forward slash As Always. It'll be the top link in the description. Uh, obviously, or Patreon.com forward slash As Always if you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud. And you can pledge just a dollar to get a ton of exclusive content and support us over there and uh some of you sweet vintage lads we have here supporting us are king richard the third bullsack 47 team Anno travis billy the team tournament captain robertson josh devillier damian mario 53a lumistrad uh josh jordan uh ben or moderox the humble worm elstico 91 emil catborg austin s jaws good day it's laser prove mover shaded rav julie adam sundling hbars 12 saggy tits jace last medici jonas stewart james and lad yazen uh joe the sexy boy smith brian ford connor de rose ginger Jarrah, georgia long fox joshua mora gene Marcus Blackburn, Nimbus, Seth, Oscar, Ravjai, Son of a Bitch, OG Adago, Tyler Tranta, Brendan or BQ Overlord, and Pink Flame 313. Thank you all very much for your continued support. And yeah, that's that's that. I think we're all done. Are we good? Is that it? We good. Yeah, that's it. Right. God of War, play it. It's one of the best games of all time. Yep. Alright, see you guys next time. And goodbye. Bye.